This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Are you thinking about doing your own podcast, but you don't know how? Well, have you heard about Anchor? It's actually the platform that I'm hosting through this right now. And yes, it's free. Not only is it free, it's super easy to use. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. It's really that easy. And guess what? You can actually make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's a big deal. So it's really everything you need in one place to make an amazing podcast. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. In five, four, three, two, Man, one. I, I ain't wearing no drawers. What am I talking about? <laughs> I ain't no Yo, welcome to another episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. We have a very special guest here today. We have Jesse Garcia. Now, and that's how you pronounce it, Garcia. Yeah. Like that, Garcia. Mm-hmm. So, man, how you been? What's up, dog? Chilling. Yeah, man. Rushing over here from. <laughs> from the west side. I completely forgot. Honestly, I've completely forgotten. It's okay, man. I. I she texts me and she goes, yeah, what time are you going to be here? I'm like, shit, that's tonight. And I was, man, that was, that was a Monday today. It's mo- <laughs> it's Monday right now where we're recording this. I feel so. like you're, you're fucking busy, man. Like you must be super, super busy, especially because of the whole Narcos thing. And- um, Off and on, off and on. It has its spurts. How, how long have you been acting for? 20 years. God fucking damn. I know. I know. I started when I was three. <laughs> 20 fucking years, man. Yeah, man. How's it be? Um, this is interesting because like whenever I have a bunch of like uh, a couple of my actor friends who are here, um, they, they've been in the acting scene maybe at most like 10 years, right? Mm. And some of them have like this uh, this concept where they don't, I feel like when when people have a concept before they come to the city or they went, before they start acting, they have a specific timeline that they think that they should pop off, uh. right? And so they kind of get disappointed sometimes. They go, well, I, I'm not getting these roles that other people have. But you've been doing this for 20 years and it's and it's still a grind. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, what your friends are doing, uh, are people who do that, they give themselves a timeline is that they're um, part of it. Part of it, I understand that they're giving themselves a goal, but they're also giving themselves um, limitations. They're limiting themselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you don't like I got kind of I got kind of lucky. I mean, you'll probably ask questions later, but um it's not actually. I don't think it's lucky. It's a little bit, a little bit of luck in there, but a lot of preparation. Yeah, you know um, that I booked a movie called Quinceanera. I moved here in December two thousand three, and I was in Atlanta for three and a half years prior. But I booked uh, a tiny, tiny, tiny little indie movie, non-union. I made a thousand dollars from it, and I'll never see another penny. <laughs> um, but it, it, the movie, uh, I booked that in february i think february of 2005 so i was here a little over a year a little over a year maybe a year and three or four months whatever it was um and that movie b- basically catapulted my whatever career i have now that's crazy so when you when you were in atlanta was the was the acting scene as big in atlanta as it is now because mm. there's so many roles coming out of atlanta right now yeah no they have i don't know if this is still the same but it, it, it was very recently that there was more television going on in atlanta than there is in la oh yeah so when you when so after you had that small role and then you said it catapulted your career like in in what sense like did did, did all these like doors open with like was the grind a lot harder or kind just- of kind of um 
So this, I was a leader of this movie. I was, I was a leader of this movie called Quinceanera. Yeah. And it went to Sundance and it won the Grand Jury Prize and audience okay, an audience there. award. Yeah, like light, light flex. Light flex. There. Ain't no light flex. And that, <laughs> that, movie, that movie was a shit. Um, <laughs> uh, it was a really good movie. Um, but uh, because I was one of the leads, I was, I was number, it was me and Emily Rios and uh, Chalo Gonzalez. We were the three main leads of this movie. And uh, there was, so there's kind of two, like, Three, three storylines, his storyline, um, Emily's storyline, and my storyline. And we, they've all kind of meshed together. Um, uh, after that, after it swept all the awards and kind of like, it, it was right before the writer's strike and the recession and and there was, oh, there was money right. around and it was still uh, money to be made in residuals because it was still reruns and uh, nothing had been starting to stream yet like that. Um, I, I, I was on the radar. I was on the radar for, you know, the 20 something, early 20 something um, Latino guy. I was thinner back then and <laughs> much, much more handsome, uh, a little bit more hair. Uh, <laughs> so I was on the radar and then, um, you know, a couple of movies that I did never came out. Um, and then the recession hit and, re and all the, the strikes hit. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it kind of like, it kind of fell flat for a long time. So I had to... I had to kind of reevaluate what my position in my career was and 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 start it over, not completely fresh because I still had you know whatever name value I have at, yeah. the, at had or had at the time. Um, but I had to reassess uh, what I was doing as in the, in meaning that I was having to start producing my own stuff and um, being more proactive and kind of not uh, being being act proactive in in the Latino community as well. But also in in general sense and kind of the general uh, universal pop. This way, I kind of I stay relevant and still have the the ability hmm. to tell stories. When you when, so did you start creating your own content then at that point? I, I, I kind of. Um, I was I got on the I got on board to produce a couple of movies like in like the throughout the last ten ten years or so. Um, so I've produced a couple of movies. Um, that were that I was also acting in, um, but the way that people are producing content now, yeah, on, on Instagram and on YouTube, I, 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 you know, I can't say that I missed that boat because Will Smith is doing it, and killing it, but he also has a production team doing it for him. Oh yeah, for, I you mean, know what I mean? I mean, we're talking about Will Smith is some on other shit. Like, yeah, he, he literally joined Instagram and then he had like seven million followers the next fucking day, the next day, and then yeah. he's not touching a camera, he's not editing his own shit. No. He, what, I, no, he has gurus. He has gurus exactly. doing all this stuff for him, and what's just great for them too because they're they're have one they have the money to to uh to experiment and do do cool shit but there's you know but they also have will smith and his team and and of course, literally will smith could just shit on a fucking you know piece of paper and they'll call it a masterpiece right, at that point. right. i love will smith i'm not hating no I'm no, no, no. Like will smith is like yeah he he's one of my favorites now. too for sure for yeah sure. he has that clout now where he has the midas touch so no matter what he does it's going to be excellent but he's like he's he's really smart too because he was really very for sure he's, he's super innovative and kind of like went with the times and um you know he went into his own um reclusive reclusive if that's yeah. a real word, uh, and, and kind of came out and, and embraced technology, you know what I mean? And, and kind of got in the forefront of it too. It's, it's kind of interesting too when I see like traditional people who are in traditional media go into this new media type of facet, right? Because I started uh, in new media mm. originally, mm. right? And when I was trying to do new media at the time, um, this is the time when um, a lot of new media people clashed with traditional media mm -hmm. a lot. It was, it was, it was fucking annoying. Like, interesting. <laughs> It, they they virtually 
hated new media. Like a uh, new like new media and old media hated each other. Explain. So for example, um, let's say if I were so I had a couple of friends, right? Who who um we all came up together, right? We we had this uh, show called Just King News, it's still going on till this day. Mm-hmm. So they originally, when they were going to reboot a living color, they were looking for two new Asian people in there, mm. right? So a couple of these guys, they they play these really funny Asian characters, and you know, they had to do the whole SNL audition where they had to do sure, different sure, characters, sure. different asking different bits. So they booked the role, they got it, they go, Cool, you can have this role. But what you're going to do is you're going to delete your Instagram, you're going to delete your YouTube, and you have to you have to give us all rights to all your content. So this was happening a lot. Mm. So when when I was starting up and there was a lot of opportunities that were coming happen, like whatever TBS or whatever, they would hit us up. They would give us a stipulation that, hey, you can work with us only if we own all your shit mm. and you have to delete all your other stuff prior to and from here on out, you cannot create content. And so there was a huge clash. Like there was it was it was so fucking annoying. Interesting. And so what would happen was that a lot of people in my system were like, nah, we're good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Eventually you'll come around and that's what happened. Right. And so now there's this weird space now where we have been in this space for 10 plus years. We know how this stuff works, Mm -hmm. arguably better than these people who have just come in. And they still have this position where they want to tell us how to work it. It's coming around now, but it it was such a weird space now. Because so when I seen old media people now, like Will Smith and everybody using uh uh, social media really well. It actually makes me happy for because, sure because it bridges that gap. It's yeah. like, well, this is what we told you. We told you if you leveraged it, it would be better. So right. when we had these opportunities, I remember I had a conversation with a very specific uh, television company. I was like, hey, instead of telling me to delete my shit, why don't you use my platform? Mm-hmm. I have over a million subscribers, mm-hmm. very active at that point. You could just promote it's like it's free promotion mm-hmm. so if i'm on your show naturally i'm going to promote it on my instagram sure. naturally i'll do it on youtube sure. and it was just no we're not going to do that we're going to delete all your shit wow so it, it was a very weird time for that to happen and so when when i see now where 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 like media is going it's so interesting how everything is so digital it's yeah. all digital yeah and and netflix netflix is just insane in and of itself right like when i remember when uh, netflix first came out it was it was on dvds and i used to rent that shit out yeah <laughs> yeah i yeah, almost yeah, forgot yeah. about that yeah. shit and they took out blockbuster they took out uh what's it called hollywood uh what's that shit called it was the uh, the the competition to blockbuster uh, mm, i don't remember i can't fucking remember they took that whole thing out and then when it went full digital it it blew my fucking mind wasn't what was it that uh blockbuster had a chance to buy Netflix oh, yeah. or something like that yeah. for some crazy amount of money, like cheap, cheap, cheap. And they said no. Yeah. And now it's. They regret that shit 100%. For sure. And there was someone else. Though. I, I saw, it was, of course, I saw it on Instagram or something like that. Yeah. Um, and there's like some of these films too, like on Netflix, like I thoroughly enjoy them. It's like, this is. For sure. Because at first when films came out, I, I think there was this weird feeling of like, oh, this is just going to be one of those like straight to DVD films, mm-hmm. right? But there's films. like that's Some like, of them are really, really dope. Yeah, really fucking yeah, dope. Yeah, what's that one? I don't know why. It has nothing to do because you're Asian, but the uh, Oak, Oak, uh, fuck, what's it called? Okja. Yeah, Okja. That was right. Yeah, Okja was straight to Netflix, right? Yeah. First, and then it went to theaters yeah. after. Okja was fucking amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, so shit, good. I, for, I forgot about that shit. Steven yeah. Yoon was in that um, and a few other people too, I believe. But yeah, like when- So good. Like the digital space, it's 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 crazy how much it has evolved. Like I, I still can't believe that people can independently create films and then just pitch it to Netflix and go, hey, I want to be on your platform and they'll buy it. Yeah. So it's like- Well, I, it depends, you know? Well, it, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna talk business, but no. yeah, I mean, you <laughs> you'll podcast. take your film, go to Sundance, and they'll go to Sundance and they'll see if they like it. Yeah, I mean, I even I have a I have a movie that um that I produced that we're still trying to find distribution, um, and it's been kind of tough because it's a little bit it's a nobody really wants to touch it's on the immigration stuff unless there's you know I'm not I'm not a huge star by any means and uh, Ana Ana de la Reguera who's a much bigger star and pretty well known I don't know if, if you know who she is, um. She was in the first Narcos or the Narcos Colombia, and she was, uh, she's got a ton of stuff she's coming out with. It's going to be all her this year. Um, but because we're, we don't have a lot of huge stars in it, and it's, it's hard for those movies to come out. And plus, the content, you know, they're, you know, it's, it's a really great story. It's a really great movie, but, you know, nobody, you guys already shot it, done? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's great. Have you been, uh, did you uh, put it in the festivals? Uh huh. I did really well in festivals. That's so interesting. Like, I don't know how that stuff works. So I had, I, I, I did a film with a buddy of mine called uh, uh, Justin Chan. And then we, we got into Sundance mm -hmm. and then a Goldwyn picked it up and then we got distribution for mm -hmm. it. But I don't understand the the process of what happened with it. Right. Because I, you know, helped write it and then I produced it. But in terms of the back end stuff, I was just hands off. It's like, that's all you guys. Right, right, right. So I, I don't know the process and what allow, I don't know what people look for. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like in a film, because this film that we did was black and white. It was a black oh, and white film. Is it just, what is it, where is it at? Where can you see it? So it's on Netflix still. Oh, cool. So it's on Netflix. It was like on American Airlines and United or some shit like that. And then um, it, it, we did like a, like a month theater run. Oh, cool. And so it's such a weird thing. Like, I don't know what people look for. I don't know if it was the right time just because like the whole Asian thing was hot and it was mm -hmm. a film about the LA riots mm -hmm. or kind of loosely based on that. I think I heard about this actually. Oh yeah, I mean it was it it did well. Like I I was I was kind of shocked that it actually got picked up, <laughs> you know, because uh, I'm I, I'm not gonna say the budget, but the budget was fucking micro. It was mm -hmm. a micro micro budget, and it was all based on favors. So right, right. Like a buddy of mine that. Um, so what did you guys do with the money? Did you guys use the same, the money that you guys earned to fund the next one, or did you we guys didn't make shit you, off of that shit? Really? <laughs> we didn't make shit off of it. Did you make did you, did you break even? Break even, and then uh, you know the investors made a little bit, and then right. and that. Right. You know, it was a passion project. Yeah. I didn't really expect it to make that much money. Cool. But, you know, the fact that it got picked up. Did you ever, have you ever seen, um, what's it called? Uh, Bellflower. No, I never got to see it. Do you know what I'm talking about though? Yeah. Okay. It's dope. Okay. See, I got to, damn, you know what? I, I just had this conversation with somebody where, um, I think I'm becoming this person now where I, I've, I've like stopped consuming art mm. and it's, it's, it's like problematic now. Because, um, you why know, though? I don't know if it's because I became a little jaded about just like, uh, I, cause so after, after I got, you know, the film got picked up in mm -hmm. Sundance and everything else. And the reason why I did that film was literally as, as like, uh, cause an agency wouldn't sign me as an actor. Mm. So they want to just keep me in their digital realm. Mm. And so I was like, oh, well, if you won't sign, I'm just going to make my own fucking film. Fuck you. Yeah. You know? And yeah. so it did well. And then after that, everybody was knocking on my door. Cool. Uh, didn't really know if I wanted to be an actor, right? Just because like the art of acting is so, I think it's something that you can't do with like your foot half in it. Like it's just mm. so difficult, right? And everybody's vying for a very specific find. There's so many talented people. Mm -hmm. Like if you do it half-assed, like why even do it? At all? Unless you're doing it for a hobby, which is kind of weird in my personal opinion. But um yeah, after that happened, I I kind of, you know, the whole auditioning phase and you get all these callbacks. And I think it's because I was on the other side of creating a film first before I even tried to be an actor that when I would receive these scripts, I used to hate everything I read. And I was like, why the, f why the fuck is this script even like this? Why? Because you didn't, you thought the, the content was stereotypical or 
a lot of things. Like I think a lot of the roles, I think here's, here's the weird part about me. What I started realizing, um, especially the roles that I was being pushed out for. This podcast is brought to you by Purple, my friends, the only mattress made for my body because my body is precious and my body is sexy and I care about it. I care about my back. I care about my sleep. You know what good sleep does for you, man? Helps your brain function. Health gets those dark circles out your eyes. Helps everything, man. Helps your mood. Ever since I've owned a Purple mattress, I don't think I've ever been angry since. It's impossible for me to be angry because I sleep so well. Isn't that insane? The other day, somebody slapped me on my bum. I turned around and I said, you're lucky I have a purple mattress because it puts me in a good mood. If not, sir, I would have struck you down. Struck you down. Check it out. 100 night risk-free trial if you're not fully satisfied. You can return your mattress for a full refund, my friends. And it's backed by a 10-year warranty. Free shipping and returns. You're going to love purple. And right now, my listeners will get a free purple pillow with the purchase of a mattress. That's in addition to great free gifts. They're offering site-wide. Just text BRAIN to 84-888. The only way to get this free pillow is to text BRAIN to 84-888. That's B-R-A-I-N to 84-888. Number one, uh, if, if it was going to be a stereotypical Asian role, I didn't really fit it. Right. Specifically because the way that I spoke, the way that I carried myself. Mm. Uh, Number two, I just didn't want to do those type of roles. Mm -hmm. And I think like I had like this uh, this push to do like indie films that I liked so much. Mm -hmm. So when I was put into auditions to do sitcoms, multicam sitcoms, I I just I couldn't fucking vibe with it. And I started to realize like I, I don't think like I'm an actor's actor. Like I want, I'm so particular and picky about what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And for somebody who's a, who's at that point and still is a beggar, like I can't be a chooser at that point. Mm. And so I, I think like just, just that and the whole schmoozing thing I fucking hated going, going to these, like these, you know, these after parties, these meetings and, you know, I would meet people and I tell this fucking funny ass story uh, where it was, it was this specific party where everybody was you know, you, they kind of just meet and they chat with each other, right? Mm-hmm. It was for a network. It was like a network party. Mm-hmm. I showed up like how I am now. Mm-hmm. Workout clothes, flip flop socks, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, everybody was dressed to the fucking nines. I didn't, I didn't know about this shit. Right, this is right, who right, I am. Right. I showed up. And I think because I was so casually dressed, people who were young actors thought I was somebody that I wasn't. And so just being around these type of people made me irritated because I'm not around people like that normally. Mm. So they would, they're like kissing my ass. And I'm like, I don't think you realize I'm not an executive. <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm you, like you don't, you don't realize that shit. Mm. But I think being around that type of behavior also kind of deterred me from it because I was in a space where I could just, if I wanted to create something or if I wanted to do something, I would just do it and it would happen. Mm. But now I'm on the other side where I, I felt like I was begging for a role. And um, it was it was hard for me. Well, I mean, I, I I I hear you, and I and I what I hear is the language that you've created for that. Yeah, you know what I mean. So you you've created you've created a story around um, uh, what you, you you your perspective is. For me, it's like when you say you're begging for all. No one's you're not begging. You know yeah, I mean, you're kind of you're not going into the room begging. If you are, you're going into the room begging uh, for aud- these auditions, then you're never going to get a job. Yeah, for you, sure. You know what I mean. Uh, you, you, for me, it's like, I, I changed my language. I, I, mm. If I were you, I'd, I'd think about my language. I would, I would never say begging. Yeah. Um, it's an opportunity. It's, um, a chance to show what you, you're capable of, whether you're right for the part or not. It's, um, a, a chance to collaborate. Mm. You know what I mean? So for me, it's like, you, you th- 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 having 
you just you saying begging and even when the these other young actors are looking at you they either one that you don't know if they recognize you they recognize you from your social media status or from the movie they may have seen or um just like you you're you've accomplished something that something a lot of uh, a lot of actors producers haven't quite done yet which has gone to sundance which is yeah. you know distributed a film and which has um, accomplished quite a bit you know what i mean so if you think of yourself as a mirror people and other people in the mirror, you are reflecting back something that you see from yourself and the person. One, mm. whether it's a, it's a good thing or it's a bad thing or it's envy, it's a, it's um, admiration, it's all these things, you know what I mean? So for me, I would say like, you know, think about what you're saying and, you, and, and the language that you're using, that you're not a beggar, you know what I yeah. mean? If you say you're a beggar, then you're a beggar. And then you're putting, you're putting that kind of energy into these meetings, into these networkings, into all the stuff that the business you know, requires. Yeah. Um, for, and think about the way you can spot, put a positive spin on it. You know what I mean? I don't mean to therapize you, but. No, I like this because like, I, I think, um, yeah, maybe begging is the wrong term. I think it was more like, I just, um, I was just on the other side where I, I think like if I wanted to make something happen, I could. And then now there's this, this red tape, right? And sometimes too, it's, it's, this is why I think it was really for me to figure out whether I was going to be an actor or not, mm -hmm. right? And when I was watching a lot of my friends who are actors who I really admire, they didn't have this mind state that I had. Mm -hmm. They're like, I'm a like you said, like I'm gonna show you what I have, whether I'm good or not for this role. And I don't know if I I don't, I don't know if mentally I could have like broken into that. Also, too, I don't know if like my headspace was right for the reason why I did something. And what I started to realize recently was that the reason why I created that film was out of spite. <laughs> you know, mm. so after, after I proved my point, it was like, what next? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, you proved your point. So, well, are you still going to continue this? So you, you got your foot in the door, dude. Mm -hmm. So what are you going to do with it? And I didn't really think about that. Well, don't you think it's, you know, you live your life, do what you yeah. want, man. But just you think there's, you know, you, you've, again, you've accomplished something that a lot of people haven't, yeah. you know what I mean? You got, you got in the door as an actor, you got in the door as a producer. Did you say you wrote it too? Yeah. Okay. So as, as a writer, so those three huge jobs that you've done, um, you know, right out the gate, you know what I mean? So it's almost like, it's almost kind of a responsibility, um, to a certain degree, if you choose to, to, yeah. to have it, it's like, what can I do with this responsibility now that I have it? How can I, one, if you don't like doing those things, how can you help someone else who really wants to do those things break in? You know what I mean? Because right, for me, it's like the what I hear, and I could be completely wrong. Yeah, is that this is centralized to you? You know what I mean? This is that your feelings and and you're you're pushing and pushing and and eventually no one's going to call you. Yeah, you know what I mean? And the people that admire you too are going to hear that you're that you you're you know you're talking shit about but you, you what you've accomplished. You know what I mean? So uh, I mean I, I mean I'm just again I'm just saying I'm. I mean, therapize you, but what, what can, what do you think you could do to, um, to help those do what they want to do that you don't want to do? You know what I mean? That you don't really, if you don't have a desire to be an actor, cool. It's like, uh, for me, it's like when I broke, when I first broke in, or like, let me, let me first go back. Let me go way back when I decided, so I was going to school in Nebraska, um, uh, I was a college, I was in college. I was a cheerleader in college. Um, and uh, this girl in one of my classes, the short story is she convinced me to move to Atlanta, Georgia with her to study acting at this acting class called What What Films um, with this guy named Judson Vaughn, who's a producer and is a longtime actor. And he's a um, back in the day, he was a, a very he worked a lot as a character actor. 
it really, really, really great teacher kind of gave me the foundation. But as in my road trip from Nebraska to Atlanta, um, which we drove like 16 or 17 hours straight, I, I don't know why, but, um, and I, and I didn't really know the politics of Latinos in the industry or people of color or, or, or the diversity. I just knew that I wanted to, so I actually had this conversation with myself on the drive down. It's like, I want to get to a place in my career where I can help open the doors to other people, especially Latino, but people of color, people who want the opportunity. Does, honestly, it doesn't really matter. Like if it, as long as they're right for the role, if they're right for the part, for cast, crew, whatever, that they want to do something. I want to get to a part point in my career where I can go, I can help you get that opportunity. You know what I mean? So it's, uh, um, and, and I'm like, by, by any means, I don't, I'm not, no one powerful in the industry, but I have, I've been able to do that. I've been able to go, oh, oh man, this is, this, you should talk to this person about this role. I think he or she would be really great. And they end up booking a role and like they have, you know, either it's done really great for their career or they've done something really great. And, and it's, you know, it's been a nice, nice stepping stone. You know what I mean? So I guess having said all that, is like, I feel like, you know, especially people of color in an industry that's diversifying now that um, it's been kind of tough over the years and it's still a little bit tough and still trying to like, we're trying to make sure that we're not getting pigeonholed and stereotyped and getting uh, 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 um, proper exposure and, yeah. you know what I mean? All these things. It's like, I, I feel like I feel like, and I, I, and again, by any means, I'm not telling you what to do and you'll live, you your, don't even got to say it, live, just, just live say your, your life. Like, I like this. <laughs> live, live your life. Okay. But I feel like you've, you've created an, an amazing opportunity for you and people around you. It doesn't even have to be the Asian uh, culture. You, to help those who have a, have a desire to be an actor or be a producer or a content writer or something yeah. like that, because you've, you've created something. Right, you've created a world that you have a, a platform now that you can you can help people, and I'm sure you're doing it already. Yeah, you know what I mean. But um, f again, for me, it's like it's changing the language. How can I how can I change my language to make sure that I'm uplifting others as well as myself? You know what I mean? Because I don't want to be writing my own story, saying that I'm I'm. I, and I am, I am a bit jaded as well. Um, but I'm trying to write my story that I'm not, that I'm trying to help other people, even yeah. if it's not myself. I mean, I a hundred percent agree. I think it's just, um, I don't think anybody prepared me for what, mm. what was, what this industry sure. was like. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, Cause yeah, I was yeah. on this other side mm -hmm. and even the, the friends who are actors right now, they, they don't have like your wisdom, you know what mm. I mean? So like hearing this from you, it feels really good because mm -hmm. like, I think it is true that, that, that language, like it's very negative, like the way that sure. I speak about it. Right. Yeah. And, and it was a very great opportunity. And when I was living it, it felt great. You mm -hmm. know, it, it felt awesome that I could create something that was from my story. And you know, the person who wrote a majority of this was this guy, Justin Chan and Justin Chan fucking killed it. It was his baby project. Right. And we worked on it together. And you know, I think like the motivation was kind of rooted in, in, in a very spiteful way. Mm -hmm. And so like, I don't think I thought about the positive aspect of what could have happened after versus just making this film. Mm -hmm. You fucking recognize me, bitch. And so now it's like, I guess sometimes like, I think the reason why I want to create, like I still want to create like films where I continue to write is mm -hmm. because a lot of the stuff that, yeah, like, I mean, there's films like Crazy Rich Asians or whatever, but that doesn't represent my life as an Asian American. Sure. It doesn't represent my story. And it's, it's you know, it's very small. It's like a small scope of what people have sure. as an Asian American experience. So sure. when we did this film, Gook, it was about 
an Asian kid like me. Sure. Yeah, you know I mean, that grew up in Sacramento, California, grew up in a predominantly black area. And, you know, it was very multicultural and it was, uh, you know, I wanted to do out things outside of what people told me that I could be. Right. And so sometimes when I watch, see, I don't even know if this is a positive thing. It's like, dude, like I, I, I want to do better. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's fine. Like I want to do better than what's, what's, what's out there. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is the only content that people, or if sometimes I feel like people say that this is the, Asian content that Hollywood will take. And I'm like, there's more than this. Sure. Like, let, let me show you what there is. Sure. So I don't know. Like I, um, I don't really know what my real motivation to stay in this industry is. Mm. Like this podcast was literally, I started this as a way just to help people, mm -hmm. you know? And so that, that in and of itself is great. Um, well, here, here's a couple of things that I, I, I just thought of is that one, I, I had to learn it too. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So quinceanera, it's about, um, about this girl, her quinceanera is a 15th yeah. birthday, right? Of a Latina. It's kind of like celebration becoming a woman. Um, she gets pregnant right before her quinceanera and she's the pastor's daughter and he, and he kicks her out of the house, kind of shame the family. I'm her gay cousin who also, my dad disowned me and we go live with our wow. great, 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 great uncle, right? Great, 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 great uncle. Uh, one of the, there's a lot of greats in there. Um, so we go live with him and we kind of make this makeshift family. Like he accepts us for who we are and doesn't like, um, and there's this, he's got his own story. Um, what I didn't realize, and it was, a, it was a learning process for me too, um, is that when, and this is, uh, this might be rel uh, relative to you too, uh, relevant, uh, is that when you do a story or you're part of a story or a movement with um, uh, social relevancy, you now have a responsibility f to help carry that story. Meaning that because I played a gay character in, in, in this movie, I, I didn't really realize that I was, I then became a voice for the voiceless, right? And yeah. in a certain respective that the amount of, especially young gay Latino men would come like email me or find me on at the, at the time, at the time was MySpace that tr was transitioning yeah, sure. to Facebook. Right. So my, MySpace and Facebook that they would email me. Um, and, and a couple really kind of stuck out. One in particular is that this kid said, I went and watched a movie and I was at a point in my life where I didn't know if I was going to make it. And he was, and he mm. goes, thank you. I realized I'm not the only one, you know what I mean? So like even watching, so for me, it's like, fuck, was this, was is this kid going to kill himself? Yeah. Right. Until he saw this movie and it became like, it showed him that there was, that he's not alone. You know what I mean? So movie, even movies like yours, um, that it, it shows people that, you know, there's a you know, people of all kinds of backgrounds and status and, and monetary background and all this stuff. Yeah. But what I also say is like when people off, often ask me for the past month or whatever it's been for the interviews um, of, uh, of Narcos is that so go, the, the main question is one of the big questions is, is that um, don't you think that the, uh, a show like this kind of perpetuates a stereotype of Mexicans, Latinos uh -huh. uh, as cartel, as gang, as criminals and stuff like that. I go, well, the, the, it's one, it's, it's, it's entertainment. And for me, the biggest thing apart is like, take the fucking win, right? This is a win. Just like crazy rich Asians, it's just it's a, a win. It's a massive fucking win. Yeah, it is a win. Like this, sh Narcos is like at last last season. I don't know what it is this season now, but it was the fifth most watched TV show in the world. That's fucking crazy. 
unreal. Yeah. So the amount of eyes that we had on us, uh, that we have on us now even, uh, even with Hentified that's out on uh, Netflix, it just came out this past week. Um, the amount of eyes that are on these two shows, and there's a couple other shows out there too, um, a handful of other shows right now actually, um, that, let's just stick with Anarchos, is that each one of us, no matter how big our characters are, yeah. that we have a lot of eyes on us now and that people are looking forward to seeing what we're doing next and what we did in the past, right? So for me, it's like, okay, if you feel like, if you feel like ragging on the show and going like, oh, you're perpetuating the stereotype of Latinos as being criminals and gangbangers and drug dealers and all these things, like, okay, you're allowed to think that. It's a free, free will thing what you want. Or you can think of this as a win, as that this is supply and demand and the, and the public demands has a demand for this kind of content. Yeah. And the same thing with the Asian culture, Crazy Rich Asians, massive hit, massive, massive hit. Even Parasite, it was, I don't know what it was in, as far as box office, but it was very critically acclaimed and people know about it. Yeah. Another massive win. You know what I mean? Uh, fresh off the boat, massive win. Um, uh, and, and a lot of these shows, they're just massive, massive wins where it shows, okay, it gives us another chance to produce and create content that is in uh, what your perspective is, what my perspective is, right? Yeah. I'm from Wyoming. I'm like this kid from the country. <laughs> I have a very, very neutral accent. People think now, people think I have a California accent. I don't know what, I, I've, it changes all the time. Um, uh, but you know, we have our own stories, you know what I mean? I'm not, I, I am kind of urban, but I'm not from LA. I, I don't have, I, I, I've been here for 18 years or something like that, 17 years. Um, but I don't have that as part of my, uh, the root culture. Yeah. You know what I mean? I didn't grow up with, uh, um, a lot of Mexican culture in my household. So I kind of grew up vanilla American, you know what I mean? I grew up in a very small town in the middle of nowhere, Wyoming. About 800 people, I think, was the population at the time. Of mass, the, the peak population. Tiny, tiny town, yeah. um, which is about this population of this building. Yeah. Um, um, so I, I had to learn a bunch of stuff. You know what I mean? So the, my, I have a completely different story than someone from L.A. would have. That they grew up either, you know, in San Bernardino or mm -hmm. East L.A. or Santa Monica or Venice. It's a different story. You know what I mean? So there's that these each one of these stories allows us to have a big win to to produce and create other stories that that you might find that's your story. You know what I mean? So when I see something happen, like when I see another a show that's you know uh, I may not particularly like, I will support it. And this this goes on to something else that uh, you said as well is that you don't particularly relate to the to the crazy rich Asians because that's not, it's not my story. It's yeah. not your story. Right. And that's okay. But it's, yeah. it's okay, but it's important to support it. Uh, and because I, I think the, the Asian cultures and the Latino cultures have a similarity in a way that Latinos are there. We, we self segregate, right? Mexican, um, Colombian, yeah. Puerto Rican, uh, Dominican, Dominican. <laughs> all of them. Like, there's so many different Latin Latinx cultures that we self segregate. So when we see like a of uh, Latin Puerto Rican sees a Mexican film or Mexican shows, like, eh, but that's a Mexican show. It doesn't relate to me. Instead of going like, you know what? Let's support that so that we can do. You can show that there's more support. And the same thing with the Asian cultures. Yeah. And the Asian cultures are actually doing really well about supporting 
content. Yeah, there, there was, there was, I mean, there's always a few things here and there. And sure. I always said it too, when, when, when Crazy Rich Asians came out, like people were asking me, did you go watch the film? I was like, I didn't, but I bought four tickets, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like, I'll watch it later. You right, know? right, but right, right. Like, and I got a little bit of flack for it. They're like, well, you don't want to support it. No, I supported it with my dollars. Mm. I, it, I don't like rom-coms, so it's not my thing. Copy. So, but. I'll support it with my dollars because right. I understand mm-hmm. how important it is, right? And there was a, this, it's it's like, I really dislike it now where it's just sometimes where I, I would see things on Twitter where they would they would have these Asian roles, right? Mm. And it's like, well, how come they didn't cast this, this Japanese American for this Korean American role? I was like, you know what? As of right now, just take the fucking win, dude. Yeah. And then when these bigger roles happen, then we could talk our shit later, right? See, it's different like if you cast a white guy to play, play a Mexican yeah. or We're Japanese, not doing like the Scarlett Johansson Jap- thing, Japanese yeah. thing. Yeah. Like it's, it's different. That's, and, you know, we we all get that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like some white person would come in and yeah. do a role that's really not white. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah, out of all the talent that's out there, you had to pick a white person. I know. You know what I mean? Um, and, it, and, it, and it sucks. So I think like, you know, just saying, to, just, you know, attaching to that, like when I see just like these Asian faces and they do a great job of it, it's like these small little differences right now mm, don't matter to me. Mm-hmm. It's like, just take the win and then we'll move on and then we'll create things later. Yeah. So it's like when these things happen, like for example, Crazy Rich Asian does well, it only benefits me. Sure. <laughs> you know, yeah. it only benefits me to support it. Yeah. And then later on, I can, if I have a very particular story that I want to tell, it's up to me to tell it now. I, I just did a, a, a Q&A, a live Q&A of this uh, at a university recently. And then uh, there was this young girl who asked, she goes, do you feel like it's um, like for me as somebody who's who's Korean American, do you, do, do you, do I find issue with um, a lot of Asian American celebrities? Not, she's an Indian, she's an Indian American mm-hmm. girl where they don't, where I feel a lot of the times like Indian Americans are excluded in a lot of Asian things, mm. right? So like, I, I feel like we need like people like you to speak up for us. And so my response to her was like, I understand how you feel, mm-hmm. but I was like, my my issue uh, with that and why it's problematic. And the, and it wasn't just like Asian American people, it's just like Hollywood in general. She mm-hmm. goes, I want Hollywood to re- represent me. I was like, okay, well, let me just put this to you in your perspective mm-hmm. or my perspective. It's, it's It's always odd for me when I hear somebody say, Hollywood should make a, a film about, let's say in her case, an Indian American film, mm-hmm. right? And I'm like, why? And the reason why I say why is not because it shouldn't be there. It's like, why do you want somebody who knows nothing about your culture and your people to create a film about it? Mm-hmm. Look for people in your community that are filmmakers, that are great actors to to create that film because they're going to take your story and they're going to slaughter it mm-hmm. because they don't know what it's mm-hmm. like. And so that's why I took issue with this. It. like, you don't, I think you're 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 kind of attacking the wrong people here. Right. <laughs> you know, right. get the support in the right way. Cause the worst thing to happen ever is for you to have like another Apu situation, right? Like the Simpsons Apu thing where people really mad about how like, was it Frank Azarian? He does like the voice for a poo. Mm-hmm, people mm-hmm, really mm-hmm. upset about that. You know, times have changed now. Sure. Nothing against the guy. But it's you know, it, when you when you try to put your story in the hands of somebody else who hasn't walked in your shoes, it's always going to be destroyed. You know, there's there's a certain level of personal responsibility that I want people to to mm-hmm. to put on themselves. It's like, oh, I got this story. How come I keep yelling at somebody else to tell my story for me? They're not going to get it right. You know, right. Well, for me too, it's like when people complain about they're not. God, this is such a touchy one, and I I don't know if I should talk about it. Um, that 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 you say there's not enough diversity mm. in um in in TV and film, right? And one, it's it, it's part of it is the responsibility of the studios and mm. and the people, the money people, um, to hire uh, people of color for 
for writing staff, for producing, for directing and getting all that stuff. But for people who complain that there's no content, like who, my, my thing is like, why aren't you creating it? Like mm. I, I have a problem with people who bitch and complain and, and, and say that there's problems yet don't offer solutions. You know what I mean? Agree. I, I stop. So, and on Facebook, I'm, I can start a fire very, very easily <laughs> yeah. on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Very easy to start a fire, but it's only within my friends group. So it doesn't really benefit anybody. It's just, it's just starting a fire yeah. for the sake of starting a fire. And I used to post a lot about, um, um, about, uh, not the, the, you know, either an audition I went for or the, or some like, a, a the, one of my favorite ones are like, uh, Latino or looks like Latino. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> just say you want a fucking white guy that looks like he's Latino. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, just say that, um, uh, it, it, th- that I've, it, I stopped, com- I stopped complaining about that stuff on Facebook and started having and started creating solutions right because it doesn't work uh it doesn't nothing it doesn't do anything to create a fire to create a fire yeah. right unless you're unless you're working actively working on solutions writing uh producing and directing your own material which you're doing a great job um it's it's you know it's only perpetuating the bitchiness and and it doesn't do any good for anybody and again it's it's your it creates a language within your own your own self you're writing a story that isn't um, uh, isn't producing any growth within yourself especially but within the community you know what i mean and it's important for other communities to support each other like i the, i'm not really sure the amount of latinos that went and watched or even and black folks that went and watched crazy rich asians but i'm pretty sure it's a good amount yeah you know what i mean i saw it in the theaters i thought i loved it I, yeah. and it's again it's it's not my I, I i was very entertained i don't have to be uh, I don't have to necessarily relate to it to be entertained. I relate to the love story. I relate to the, it, it was pretty funny. Yeah. I thought it was really fun. I don't, have you seen it? I did see it. All right. I didn't like it. You didn't like it? Okay. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not a rom-com guy though. Okay. It's just the genre that already, that stops me liking it. Copy, copy. So I think like there's, I, can I mean, what, I'd, be, I'd challenge, I would challenge you to do your version of a rom-com that, um, that would entertain you. Oh, right. that'd be interesting. So you do your version because there's maybe it's a little bit darker, maybe it's a maybe it's a horror, maybe it's whatever it is. It's funny that you mentioned that because I, I literally like a year ago I started a script of a of a really ridiculous rom com sure. because of that very reason. It's yeah. like I want to see, I want I want a little more realism to it. You sure. Know? So it's like oh, I, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. And less bubble gum, less popcorn, and kind of yeah. like whatever it is, whatever that. So what version of a rom com? What have you seen that you go, oh okay, I really dig this. Uh, the the rom com that I like, if I'm coming to mind, Five Hundred Days of Summer. Mm-hmm. That's a rom com, right? Sure. I thought that was great. Yeah. I thought that shit was fantastic. Yeah. So that was like probably the last one that I really really okay. liked. Okay. Yeah. Um, stuff like uh, I don't know if Amelie is Amelie. You think Amelie is not really rom com? I don't think that's rom com. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's been yeah. a while since I've seen it. Yeah. Um, a lot of French movies are and foreign films are really good about it. They do a different take on it. Yeah, that's why when it's so interesting when when Parasite came out and um, you know, everybody was so happy. Like Pong Juno has been one of my favorite directors mm-hmm. for the longest time. Yeah, mine too. And so when you know when people are like, oh, like 
there's like these new. It's like he's not a new director. No, guy. he's been on, he's been on the he's been in the game for a long time. Yeah, like South Korean like cinema has been popping for yeah, quite a yeah. while. So it's interesting. It's like sometimes I I always tell people like just because you haven't been introduced to it doesn't mean that it's new. Yeah, it's like that's the world that you were living in. Mm-hmm. And it was it was it was nice to see it though. I was like wow, like people actually recognize him as a legit director. And sure, giving him like and it's funny ovation. you watch this movie and you go. Oh, why didn't I think of that? (laughs) Because it's so, it's so simple. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's, and it's not, it's not overly complex. It's like, it's, it's actually a very simple movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, um, the clash of two worlds and, and you know, the, 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 I don't know, I'm assuming everyone's seen it by now, but the third, the third storyline of the dude in in the basement, you know what I mean? And then the basement life and how it switches. Um, it's just, like how, why, why haven't you thought about that before? You that's, know what I mean? That's what I realized is those are the great ideas. When you look at a film and you go, fuck, I should have thought about that right, shit. Yeah. That's like the sign of a really, really yeah. great script or film. Because when I, when I was watching that film too, it was just like, I was kind of worried that people wouldn't understand. There's a lot of uh, weird Korean nuance in, in humor. Mm. Like Korean humor is very particular. Mm. Like, so I, I was kind of- Are su- you Korean? What's your background? I'm South Korean. Okay. Yeah, so I was kind of surprised that people were picking up on some of like these weird Korean humor stuff. Uh-huh. It's, it's lightweight slapsticky. Mm. So the reason why I like Pong Juno's films a lot is because no matter how serious his films are, he always has a little mm. bit of comedy. Yeah. And so that's that's like a lot of the stuff that I write because it, it breaks up the, the monotony sure. of the script a lot. Sure. So that, 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 that hit of humor, yeah. I was surprised that people enjoyed that a mm. lot because it's a very, very Korean film thing. Did you do. watch it in the theaters yeah for sure i had to it was it was awesome and i and i now too when i when i watch a film what i started to realize that i I stopped doing was i stopped watching too much trailers and i don't read about films anymore yeah i go in and i try to appreciate for what the director the writer uh, wants you to appreciate it for yeah so i think a lot of the times too like before what i was doing is because they're trying to sell films so much now that they give too much away in the trailer mm-hmm. like i've seen the whole plot in yeah. the damn trailer yeah so now before i read a rotten tomato thing before i read any type of review i go in and i watch the film and i see what it is and i'll watch it again to see what i can what i dislike or like about mm-hmm. it but first i just watch it just to watch it yeah because i i think like um it just kind of creates like this negative relationship with the film when the first thing that you do is you write a review about it. Yeah. So I get really shocked, especially at Sundance when they watch Skook and then an hour later there was a written review. I was yeah. like, how the fuck is that possible? There's no fucking way. No, because they, they they speed watch it. They'll watch their first 15 minutes or some sort of the, the way they do it. Um, it's 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 terrible. Like even to, to go buy when the buyers, they're they're watching several like 10, 15 movies a day when it's virtually impossible to watch an entire movie. Yeah. They'll watch a little snippet of it and they go, oh, okay, this is something we should look at. And, yeah. And they'll do word of mouth or whatever it is. But It, it, it was so weird because like I, like how I thought about it. And then the reason why it kind of, and I'm glad I went through this experience is because it's like, shit, like you don't see, like this, this shit was a low budget black and white film. Yeah. Like we couldn't even afford fucking color. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and then was, we put all this time to make this one film and then you judged it in a matter of 15 minutes. Yeah. It's like, fuck man. Yeah. And there's a lot of power in your reviews. Yeah. And you know, a lot of it was positive, but there was a, a few things that bothered me and it was like, you didn't watch this. I don't read reviews, man. <laughs> that was the first, that's the first thing I had to learn too. Cause I just yeah. wanted to see what people thought about it. And there were certain things that bothered me so much. Like I will remember this one review where this, where he wrote specifically about, because it's, 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 LA is such a, a melting pot of different cultures. Mm -hmm. And we did a, we, we tried to be as true as possible to that. Right. So we had uh, a scene where uh, Justin gets beat up by uh, like a bunch of cholos. Right. 
but uh, I'm, I'm fucking blanking on his name, but amazing actor, right? Mm-hmm. But this is a life that he's about. This is this is who he was before, prior to he became an actor. And one of the reviews wrote that is like his character was inauthentic. I'm like, with the cholo? Yeah, I was like, that's oh funny. Was, was is like, he a well known actor? Yes, well, we're very well known. It's not not no LG, is it? Uh, no, oh, if I have, hold on, let me you have look. to look it up. I'll show. But I was I was that shit bothered me, and I'm mm. like, how the fuck? And I looked, it was like a white guy. I was like, how would you know? You're not even from LA. Mm-hmm. It's like, you don't understand like the East LA Mexican people. So how mm-hmm. would you fucking know? Like if that's, if there's an authentic, like an authentic part to it or not. A lot of that's, that's trolling, dude. It's I know, like, shit pissed me off. I was like, oh, I shouldn't have read this shit. It bothered nah, me. See, I don't read shit, dude. I didn't, I, I, didn't, I didn't read one review on my movie called Collisions. This, I didn't read not one of them. At all? No. And then there were some really terrible ones. And so some really good ones and, um, it's it's you know it's it's not a perfect by movie by any means, but it's got a lot of heart and, and a lot of people liked it. Cesar Garcia, remember? Let me see. Oh yeah, yeah he's great. Yeah he's great. He's and amazing, and he's a sweetheart of a guy. Hell and, yeah. yeah, I know that guy. He's amazing. Yeah, right? he's great. And I was like, the fuck? <laughs> you know, that shit bothered me. I'm yeah, like, he's done big parts and big movies Hell too. Yeah. yeah, he's like been in everything. I've seen him in everything. So yeah. it was, I was like kind of shocked. I was like, mm. it, it's weird. Like I, I, so you can't. You can't let that get to you, man. Like it's it's weird. Like YouTube comments don't bother me. Twitter comments that, but I think when I see somebody who's supposed to be of somebody who's at a higher caliber, where they're supposed to give a fuck, right, right, and they have a lot of power in that review. Sure. It's like, oh shit, like you motherfucker, like, <laughs> like I don't see you outside, dude. Like, <laughs> like, I, because like, I will tell you, you bad person. <laughs> well, I'd break your kneecaps, man. Like, oh, shit, dude. I'm like, damn, dude. Uh, that that was like that first thing of like oh this is a different space like yeah. I, the people's reviews about things actually carry weight in how I feel about it mm-hmm. um, and I had to learn early on in this space that I had to not care and then I thought that I had it down and then when I read a I mean it's like these, some of the biggest movies um, oh man I'm gonna blank on a bunch of them um, I think even Ghostbusters got like a terrible review like right out the gate and like oh and really I, 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 there was like iconic movies like that that got terrible terrible reviews by early um early critics and it, it did super well <laughs> and then they did fucking they're they're iconic movies yeah. you know what i mean um even even um like you know not all will smith's movies do like are critically acclaimed after earth but i i, I thought it was cool I, you liked after earth why not i like after earth was hard for me to watch like, I, like, I i can watch just about everything you know what oh, I, mean? so you, okay. I can i can watch just about everything there's some movies that are really hard to watch um but I can watch a lot of stuff. Uh, that's the one with him and Jaden, right? That's him. The, yeah. yeah, it was a, it just didn't, it missed the mark for me. Like I, I tried, I actually fell asleep in it. Oh, funny. I was like, uh, and it was only like an hour and 20 minutes. I fell asleep in the film. I was like, holy shit. And I could generally watch any, one of my favorite fucking movies of all time is actually uh, Nacho Libre. Oh, funny. Yeah, yeah. That is one of my favorite. Fu- yeah. and there's like, it's like a 50, 50, either people fucking hate it or they really think it's funny. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, and so when I watched After Earth, I was like, damn, I never thought that I would have fallen asleep in a movie that's barely an hour long. Like, I thought that movie fucking sucked. Oh, funny. <laughs> uh, there was, I'm sure there's a handful of movies, but it's still like, you know, I find enjoyment out of them. And it's still, at the end of the day, um, I think it still made money overseas. It's still, oh, for it's, sure. it's still made money. Um, yeah, the, I mean, there there are tons of examples of movies that have terrible reviews. That oh, there's bad it, films that I that I like. I watch any Fast and Furious that comes out. I don't give a fuck. Yes. I'm, I'm watching. Every new, have, single have you seen one. a new trailer for the new Fast? Fast it's, Nine. It's ridiculous. So ridiculous. 
I will be there. <laughs> a thousand percent. I will be there. I remember when I... I, I Jumping re- a fucking... <laughs> to cross mountains and stuff? I'm like, get the fuck out of here. I remember it was... I forgot who it was. I forgot which Fast and Furious this was. But some... I think it, it was Dom Trey. He flew through the window and... In into, the scene, into another building, into like another. It was no, it was through a tank, and he flew out, and he flew into a car, and it's, he was unscathed, and then his shirt was so brand new, you could still see the creases in it. It's yeah. like, yo, come on, yeah. man! Like, the movie at this point, I think they know oh, why people yeah, love it. It's yeah. so fucking funny. Well, it went from like real, like yeah, Fast and Furious one, to like Fast and Furious seven, eight, nine, ten, yeah. <laughs> that are just absolutely ridiculous, but you can't not watch. I heard the uh, when the second film came out because the second film was super indie looking. I heard like mm. they didn't have funding for it, and then oh, interesting the the Tokyo Drift one, and then that caused another big spike or a big interest. And then the stupid. Tokyo Drift, the one did, yeah, because uh. the Tokyo Drift one is completely different from yeah. the rest of the franchise. Yeah, so that one was I'm not sure if it was done independently or not, but it it didn't it, they couldn't get enough money for a mm. sequel. But then after that one came out. Once again, people thought it was going to be trash, but people loved it. I loved it as a kid. I did too. Yeah. I did too. I love that shit. It's so fun. Yeah, man. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of surprised too, like how, that's why like I stopped reading a, a lot of reviews and I just watch films now. Like yeah. I, don't, I don't care. Oh, about I don't touch it. Like even like Rotten Tomatoes and stuff like that. If it's got like zero, like negative tomatoes, I'm like, I'm still going to go. <laughs> like I want to see what it's about. I'm going to go. Because I enjoy, and I think it's, um, and I and TVs are pretty inexpensive relatively these days, anyway. Oh, so sure. I I bought the biggest TV I could at the time. It's like um, just recently, and I then I found went to Costco and saw one that was bigger. And I was kind of mad at myself. Um, but <laughs> they'll, going, they'll but, go to Costco. Go, uh, <laughs> yeah, Costco was, will fuck you up, dude. Nah, they'll fuck you up. But it was still like an eighty-six inch TV for like seventeen hundred bucks. Was an LG TV. I'm like, ah, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna get bigger. Um, uh, to the theater, the the theater experience is nothing. There's nothing that matches it. You can watch, and you can have your surround sound at home, and but there's nothing that matches going to the theater and watching. Oh, it, it, it can't replace. There's there's a lot of films too that I know. Like if, if I could tell, like I'm not going to enjoy it that much. Like I'll wait to watch it at home. But mm-hmm. there's certain films that I have to watch in theater, and if I don't, I'm going to regret it for the rest. Well, of Well, I think too, like if it's like a, a big, let's just say like a, the Avengers movies, where they're yeah. uh, the CGI and the sound design is huge, and movies, fast movies. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you, you kind of have to watch those in the theater. You can enjoy them at home too. And you can, if you have a nice system, you can still get a decent amount of it, but it's not the same. You yeah. got, you got to experience the 3d effect of surround sound. And- I just, I'm, I'm so, it's crazy how fast technology is moving now too. Oh, for sure. And when I was also at this college thing, I, I think one of the, one of the things I wanted these kids to know just because of there's this excuse that it's like, I, well, I don't have enough money to make a, a film. It's like, you had a fucking camera on you all the time. All the time, yeah. You lit like 10 years ago, the f- you would not be able to shoot something at 24 frames a second, 4K, in a flat log profile off of your phone. Mm-hmm. You have a, fo- a a camera on you yeah. all the time. Yeah. And it's so weird when people say it, like, I can't create content. It's like, yo, Right here, yeah. you have it on you if yeah. you wanted to, and I need to say I need to get expensive camera. Your 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 phone just cost you twelve hundred bucks. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> and it's got the same sensor as a lot of the other cameras that are out there right now. A hundred percent, and yeah. and it's weird when I, I I hear that from a lot of like younger people. Like it's like, yo man, you you have the opportunity, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people are just they they like the excuses, and they can because they could always just fall back on it. 
you know, it's like, well, I would have done that, but, but instead it's like, you know, when you fail and let's say you fail at something that you try, you always get a little bit better after. Sure. And I, that, that fear of failure is so odd to me. And I had to realize about myself that I think, I don't know what it was like growing up, I mean, I'm an immigrant, you know, my parents struggled, grew up really poor, whatever that is. I, I'm not scared of failure. Sure. Like it's okay to fail. Like yeah. it's almost like a part of the process. It's yeah. like, I'm probably going to fail at this, but. Well, if you're not failing, if you're not failing on a consistent basis, you're not taking enough risks. No, a hundred percent. Yeah. And I, I, it's, it's weird because I just want, I guess I, I would like some of the people in this audience that listen to this. And I wouldn't say it's like a majority of them, but there's a good handful where they, they kind of see, they probably see what you have too, you know, mm. especially as a successful actor, but they're like, oh, I probably won't make it. And they won't even try it. But it's like, how do you fucking know? See, but I, you know, I have, I mean, you probably have the same insecurity sometimes too. And you go, man, I'm not, you yeah. know, I, I, if I had this and this and this, but like, but I kind of dirty have it, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll do that when I have this, or if I, you know, if I had the certain things like, well, my buddy has that. Why can't we all do something together? Mm. Um, so there's really, there really isn't an excuse. I mean, you can, you can, uh, have you, so I got the chance to work with, uh, Ted Melfi, who's the director of this movie called The Starling. Uh, it's a Melissa McCarthy movie that I shot last yeah. year. Um, small part, only worked a couple of days. Um, but the sweetheart of a guy and he sent uh, me a link to this, um, basically it's an Apple commercial. I th I'm not really sure where it was shot, maybe maybe Tokyo or something like that, but it was all shot on an iPhone. And That's amazing. And it looks unreal. It looks unreal. I was watching it and I think they might've, I think they might've had a, a, another lens on it, like a, like a, what, what, what do you got a movement? I got the moment, moment Mo lens on it. Moment yeah, lens, probably had a moment lens on there, something like that. Um, you know, some sound equipment and lights maybe, but it's, looks fantastic. looks like, looks like you could have shot it on a red. Yeah. It, that's, that's the crazy thing. Cause this too, like just having this like moment lens on this, um, cause I do all my stories with this as well, mm. just because I, I, mm -hmm. I like grabbing more things in the scene. Mm -hmm. And so when I do my Insta story and people always write, they're like, it's like, yo, what DSLR are you using? I'm right. like, it's not a DSLR. Yeah. It's literally the the lens on this phone. Yeah. And most people don't know too, when they buy equipment, they have, they have, they have these, these gear junkies now mm -hmm. where they buy the most up-to-date camera all the time. They go, oh, this camera's better. It's like, bro, you don't even shoot shit. What the fuck does it right. matter? Like, it doesn't right. matter if you have a better camera. Learn how to use the equipment that you have. Like you just said, somebody shot a whole Apple commercial on this phone. Yeah. And you would have never known the difference unless somebody told you yeah. otherwise which blows my mind it's yeah there there's some there's no excuses yeah so what's up what's up next for you i mean obviously i'm um, we didn't talk much about narcos but <laughs> that's okay that's okay yeah i mean what's up next for you after uh, after all this um well i'm i'm i i've been saying it for years but i'm kind of really kind of uh making it trying to make it a thing this year that i'm going to direct my first movie oh shit yeah there's a couple of things that i want to direct and there's a couple of tv shows that my buddies and i are are um are developing and writing and i i'd love to get something sold um you know i'm all over the board of genres though like um horror i, I definitely want to do like a cool horror film um Have you so you've never directed anything yet not i've directed some shorts and i've kind of like ghost directed i i uh, uh some other things you know i'm not going to say what movies and yeah. stuff that but i've had a heavy hand in like a lot of the creative process and kind of um guiding a guiding hand and and a lot of things, um, but I'm I'm confident that I could. Um, uh, and it's just kind of it's kind of the next step. And I'm producing stuff now, but I feel like working with the actors and kind of like painting painting the pictures and um, making whatever is captured and through the lens 
communicate to the audience the, what the story that I want to tell them. Like directing is such a daunting thing. Just watching my buddy Justin direct the film, mm -hmm. I like I felt bad for him. <laughs> oh, really? Because it was like, well, he was he was he. I mean, he wrote, acted, directed, and mm -hmm. he was also producing it as well. See, so. I couldn't produce it at the same time. Like, I, yeah. I could be a producer, but I couldn't be the, the producer. Like, he was I, like he had seventeen hats. No, that's, yeah. that's you know I understand I get it and and you guys got done what you had to get done, but I think the next time is like because you guys have. Um, but you guys have experience now. You don't have to do all those things. Oh yeah, for sure. That's not how it is on the next time, but just watch, just like the responsibility of a director. It's, mm -hmm. I mean, you're the head of every single department. You you have to make sure that your vision's right and you're checking in on everybody. It's mm -hmm. like, you're the parent and everybody else is the kid. And it's like, it, it's just watching it just gave me anxiety. Just watching um, it work. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel, I feel, I feel comfortable there. Um, I mean, you've acted in so many things now too. So I, I feel like your vision is, will be really set when you know what you And want. I'm a camera junkie too. And I love working with cameras and I, and oh, I, yeah. and I, and I understand it and what I don't understand. Like at that point, you like, you try to do your best you can to surround yourself with people. When I directed my first short, I, um, um, I have no desire to mess with paperwork. The production, yeah. <laughs> that producing side of it, no desire to yeah. touch the paperwork. Um, you know, I don't want to call, call actors and tell them what their call times are. I don't want to deal with any of that stuff. That should uh, I don't want to, I don't want to touch it. It's just not something I'm interested in. Um, the creative production, a part of it, the, you know, putting things together, um, you know, getting people involved, you know, pulling people into the project. That's stuff I'm, that I like doing, um, getting the big puzzle pieces, you know, the paperwork and all the other detail stuff. I'm not really interested in like watch, watching some of these producers work with a micro budget. Like the guy that worked on our film, his name is James E just to see how well he worked yes. with pennies was insane. Some was people like, are really good at it. Yeah. My friend Maria came in, I called her. It's like, yo, I, I don't want to produce this thing. She came in and like <laughs> a day later, she had a binder full of things and stuff organized. I'm like, I would have never done that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, don't, I, I don't know what this is, but I would have winged it. <laughs> and uh, good job you yeah. will be on the next one <laughs> yeah. that's cool man so the, so the next project that you're going to do is you're going to go into creating your own content which is yeah man which is like what well, stuff that you do is, is it's kind of really inspiring to me because it's um you know i feel like i you know when i edit my own short films and i do little little things here and there uh and i and i and i see the stuff that you and your your um your uh, colleagues do that just the, the the innovative edit cuts and you know the creative stuff that you guys do it's like man i was like i just don't i feel like i'm behind i always feel like i'm behind i you. feel like i'm behind because you guys i'm sure you're, you're much younger than i am yeah um so you have that you've already you had a big head bigger head start than i did because I, I didn't start editing until you know seven or eight years ago like and I'm still very remedial, remedial at it. I can, yeah. I can cut something together and make it look okay, but it's like, it's not going to be anything creative. It's not going to be any swirl ends and like push. Yeah. Like, but most, most people can't even do what I do either though. They yeah. usually hire somebody else out yeah. now. Like the, the people that kind of lasted on the space as long as that, that I, as I have was because I hated, I wanted to know what I was hiring people for. So, yeah. so number one, I wanted to speak their language mm -hmm. and number two, I didn't want to get taken advantage of. Sure. So, you know, when, for example, I, I would have a couple of editors who would come on and, you know, they're like USC grads and editing or whatever. And that's great. But I think they, some people just, you don't find, some people are just assholes. Right? Yeah. So, you know, I would ask them to get this done at a certain time. They're like, oh, it's going to take way long. I was like, no, it's not, bitch. Like, I'll fucking yeah. do this tonight. I just want, I don't want to do it. So I'm trying to pay you to do it. Right. So, um, 
yeah, I had to take it into my own hands to learn how to do all this stuff, which took a lot longer, but there was a lot of, the internet's crazy. Yeah, dude, yeah. there's everything. Everything's there. All the tutorials are there. <laughs> Again, there's no excuses. Yeah. There's no excuses. It might take you a little bit longer to do something. It might take you a little bit longer to edit. It might take you a little bit longer to do these other things. Figure out how to track somebody and move something into a point. Like, especially if you're shooting 6K mm -hmm. with the black new black magic or you for some reason you find an 8K camera, you, you know, there's no excuse for not composing your, your shot right. Yeah. But if you needed to push in on something, there's so much information there that you can, you can figure it out. And most people just watch in 1080 anyways. So yeah. 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 You shoot something in 4K, just blow it up, move it around. You'll be fine, man. Yeah, for sure. Like I love tech, man. So great. <laughs> oh, well, hey man, well that wraps up this, but that was a fast hour. <laughs> was it an hour? That was an hour already. Cool. That's pretty amazing. Well, uh, where can everybody find you? Um, uh, on Instagram, Jesse John Garcia, um, and and uh, I'm very rarely on Twitter, but Jesse to the G number two. Perfect. Yeah, and they can catch you on the second. What is it? The 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 season of Narcos in Mexico. It's Narcos Mexico season two. Is it is it out yet? Yep, it came out February thirteenth. Oh. Yeah, it's out. It's out. I would watch either if you haven't seen Narcos Mexico. I would encourage you to watch season one just because mm -hmm. so, it flows right into season two. But if you don't feel like watching season one, do some sort of like thorough recap. Like it's like, I'm sure there's something on there. It'll, it'll flow better. I'm yeah, because a lot of stuff that, that goes on that we do in season two, it really has a lot to do with what happened in season one. Perfect. Yeah. Well, guys, you guys uh, can catch the uh, podcast on every single audio platform out there. Leave in the comments below. Chat and chat with each other. Talk all that other bullshit. And we'll see you all next time. Peace. Peace.